Chapter 5, verses 14 through 20. Of Catina Aria, commentary in the four Gospels collected out of the works of the Fathers. Gospel of St. John, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 14 through 18. Afterward Jesus findeth him in the temple, and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. The man departed, and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus, and sought to slay him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Chrysostom. The man when healed did not proceed to the marketplace or give himself up to pleasure or vainglory, but, which was a great mark of religion, went to the temple. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple. Augustine. The Lord Jesus saw him both in the crowd and in the temple. The impotent man does not recognize Jesus in the crowd, but in the temple, being a sacred place, he does. Alcune. For if we would know our Maker's grace and attain to sight of him, we must avoid the crowd of evil thoughts and affections, convey ourselves out of the congregation of the wicked, and flee to the temple, in order that we may make ourselves the temple of God, souls whom God will visit, and in whom he will deign to dwell. And he said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. Chrysostom. Here we learn in the first place that his disease was the consequence of his sins. We are apt to bear with great indifference the diseases of our souls. But should the body suffer ever so little hurt, we have recourse to the most energetic remedies. Wherefore, God punishes the body for the offenses of the soul. Secondly, we learn that there is really a hell. Thirdly, that it is a place of lasting and infinite punishment. Some say, indeed, because we have corrupted ourselves for a short time, shall we be tormented eternally. But see how long this man was tormented for his sins. Sin is not to be measured by length of time, but by the nature of the sin itself. And besides this, we learn that if, after undergoing a heavy punishment for our sins, we fall into them again, we shall incur another and a heavier punishment still, and justly, for one who had undergone punishment and has not been made better by it, proves himself to be a hardened person and a despiser, and as such deserving of still greater torments. Nor let it embolden us that we do not see all punished for their offenses here, for if men do not suffer their offenses here, it is only a sign that their punishment will be the greater hereafter. Our diseases, however, do not always arise from sins, but only most commonly so. For some spring up from other lax habits. Some are sent for the sake of trial, as Job's were. But why does Christ make mention of this palsied man's sins? Some say because he had been an accuser of Jesus, and shall we say the same of the man afflicted with the palsy? For he too was told, Thy sins are forgiven thee. 
The truth is, Christ does not find fault with the man here for his past sins, but only warns him against future. In healing others, however, he makes no mention of sins at all, so that it would seem to be the case that the diseases of these men had arisen from their sins, whereas those of the others had come from natural causes only, or perhaps through these he admonishes all the rest, or he may have admonished this man, knowing his great patience of mind, and that he would bear an admonition. It is a disclosure, too, of his divinity, for he implies in saying, Sin no more, that he knew what sins he had committed. Augustine now that the man had seen Jesus and knew him to be the author of his recovery, he was not slow in preaching him to others. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. Chrysostom. He was not so insensible to the benefits and the advice he had received as to have any malignant aim in speaking this news. Had it been done to disparage Christ, he could have concealed the cure and put forward the offense. But he does not mention Jesus saying, Take up thy bed, which was an offense in the eyes of the Jews, but told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. Augustine, this announcement enraged them, and therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus, because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. A plain bodily work had been done before their eyes, distinct from the healing of the man's body, and which could not have been necessary, even if healing was, viz. the carrying of the bed. Wherefore our Lord openly says that the sacrament of the Sabbath, the sign of observing one day out of seven, was only a temporary institution, which had attained its fulfillment in him. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work as if he said, Do not suppose that my father rested on the Sabbath in such a sense, as that from that time forth he has ceased from working, for he worketh up to this time, though without labor, and so work I. God's resting means only that he made no other creature after the creation. The scripture calls it rest to remind us of the rest we shall enjoy after a life of good works here. And as God only, when he had made man in his own image and similitude, and finished all his works, and seen that they were very good, rested on the seventh day, so do thou expect no rest, except thou return to the likeness in which thou wert made, but which thou hast lost by sin, i.e., unless thou doest good works. Augustine it may be said, then, that the observance of the Sabbath was imposed on the Jews as the shadow of something to come, viz. that spiritual rest which God, by the figure of his own rest, promised to all who should perform good works. Augustine, there will be a Sabbath of the world, when the six ages, i.e. the six days, as it were, of the world, have passed. Then will come that rest which is promised to the saints. Augustine, the mystery of which rest the Lord Jesus himself sealed by his burial, for he rested in his sepulchre on the Sabbath, having on the sixth day finished all his work, inasmuch as he said, It is finished. What wonder, then, that God, to prefigure the day on which Christ was to rest in the grave, 
rested one day from his works, afterwards to carry on the work of governing the world. We may consider, too, that God, when he rested, rested from the work of creation simply, i.e., made no more new kinds of creatures, but that from that time till now he has been carrying on the government of those creatures. For his power, as respects the government of heaven and earth, and all things that he had made, did not cease on the seventh day, that they would have perished immediately without his government. Because the power of the Creator is that on which the existence of every creature depends. If it ceased to govern, every species of creation would cease to exist, and all nature would go to nothing. For the world is not like a building which stands after the architect has left it. It could not stand the twinkling of an eye if God withdrew his governing hand. Therefore, when our Lord says, My Father worketh hitherto, he means the continuation of the work, the holding together, and governing of the creation. It might have been different had he said, Worketh even now. This would not have conveyed the sense of continuing. As it is, we find it until now, i.e. from the time of creation downwards. Augustine. He says then, as it were to the Jews, Why think ye that I should not work on the Sabbath? The Sabbath day was instituted as a type of me. Ye observe the works of God. By me all things were made. The Father made light, but he spoke that it might be made. If he spoke, then he made it by the word, and I am his word. My Father worked when he made the world, and he worketh until now, governing the world, and as he made the world by me, when he made it, so he governs it by me, now he governs it. Chrysostom. Christ defended his disciples by putting forward the example of their fellow servant David, but he defends himself by a reference to the Father. We may observe, too, that he does not defend himself as man, nor yet purely as God, but sometimes as one, sometimes as the other, wishing both to be believed, both the dispensation of his humiliation and the dignity of his Godhead, wherefore he shows his equality to the Father, both by calling him his Father emphatically, my Father, and by declaring that he doeth the same things that the Father doeth, and I work. Therefore it follows, the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, Augustine, i.e., not in the secondary sense of which it is true of all of us, but as implying equality. For we all of us say to God, Our Father which art in heaven, and the Jews say, Thou art our Father. They were not angry then, because he called God his Father, but because he called him so in a sense different from men. Augustine. The words, My Father worketh hitherto, and I work, suppose him to be equal to the Father. This being understood, it followed from the Father's working, that the Son worked, inasmuch as the Father doth nothing without the Son. Chrysostom. Were he not the Son by nature, and of the same substance, this defense would be worse than the former accusation made. For no prefect could clear himself from a transgression of the king's law by urging that the king broke it also. But on the supposition of the son's equality to the father, 
the defense is valid. It then follows that as the father worked on the Sabbath without doing wrong, the son could do so likewise. Augustine. So the Jews understood what the Arians do not. For the Arians say that the son is not equal to the father, and hence sprang up that heresy which afflicts the church. Chrysostom. Those, whoever who are not well disposed to this doctrine, do not admit that Christ made himself equal to the Father, but only that the Jews thought he did. But let us consider what has gone before, that the Jews persecuted Christ, and that he broke the Sabbath, and said that God was his Father, is unquestionably true. That which immediately follows, then, from these premises, viz., his making himself equal with God is also true. Hilary. The evangelist here explains why the Jews wished to kill him. Chrysostom. And again, had it been that our Lord himself did not mean this, but that the Jews misunderstood him, he would not have overlooked their mistake, nor would the evangelist have omitted to remark upon it, as he does upon our Lord's speech, destroy this temple. Augustine. The Jews, whoever did not understand from our Lord that he was the Son of God, but only that he was equal with God. Though Christ gave this as the result of his being the Son of God, it is from not seeing this, while they saw at the same time that equality was asserted, that they charged him with making himself equal with God, the truth being that he did not make himself equal, but the Father had begotten him equal. Verses 19 and 20. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these, that ye may marvel. Hilary. He refers to the charge of violating the Sabbath brought against him. My father worketh hitherto, and I work, meaning that he had a precedent for claiming the right he did, and that what he did was in reality his father's doing, who acted in the son, and to quiet the jealousy which had been raised, because by the use of his father's name he had made himself equal with God, and to assert the excellency of his birth and nature, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. Augustine. Some who would be thought Christians, the Herian heretics, who say that the very Son of God, who took our flesh upon him, was inferior to the Father, take advantage of these words to throw discredit upon our doctrine, and say, You see that when our Lord perceived the Jews to be indignant, because he seemed to make himself equal with God, he gave such an answer as showed that he was not equal. For they say, he who can do nothing but what he sees the Father do, is not equal but inferior to the Father. But if there is a greater God and a less God, the word being God, we worship two gods and not one. Hilary, less than that assertion of his equality which must belong to him, as by name and nature the Son, might throw doubt upon his nativity, he says that the Son can do nothing of himself. Augustine. As if he said, Why are ye offended, 
that I called God my Father, and that I make myself equal with God. I am equal, but equal in such sense as is consistent with his having begotten me, with my being from him, not him from me. With the Son, being and power are one and the same thing. The substance of the Son, then being of the Father, the power of the Son is of the Father also, and as the Son is not of himself, so he cannot of himself. The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. His seeing and his being born of the Father are the same. His vision is not distinct from his substance, but the whole together is of the Father. Hilary. That the wholesome order of our confession, i.e., that we believe in the Father and the Son, might remain, he shows the nature of his birth, viz. that he derived the power of acting not from an accession of strength supplied for each work, but by his own knowledge in the first instance. And this knowledge he derived not from any particular visible precedence, as if what the Father had done the Son could do afterwards, but that the Son, being born of the Father, and consequently conscious of the Father's virtue and nature within him, could do nothing but what he saw the Father do, as he here testifies, God does not see by bodily organs, but by the virtue of his nature. Augustine. If we understand this subordination of the Son to arise from the human nature, it will follow that the Father walked first upon the water, and did all the other things which the Son did in the flesh, in order that the Son might do them. Who can be so insane as to think this? Augustine. Yet the walking of the flesh upon the sea was done by the Father through the Son. For when the flesh walked, and the divinity of the Son guided, the Father was not absent, as the Son himself saith below. The Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. He guards, however, against the carnal interpretation of the words. The Son can do nothing of himself, as if the case were like that of the two artificers master and disciple, one of whom made a chest, and the other made another like it, by adding, For whatsoever things he doeth, these doeth the Son likewise. He does not say, Whatsoever the Father doeth, the Son does other things like them, but the very same things. The Father made the world, the Son made the world, the Holy Ghost made the world. If the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are one, it follows that one and the same world was made by the Father, through the Son, in the Holy Ghost. Thus it is the very same thing that the Son doeth. He adds likewise, to prevent another error arising. For the body seems to do the same things with the mind, but it does not do them in a like way, inasmuch as the body is subject, the soul governing, the body visible, the soul invisible. When a slave does a thing at the command of his master, the same thing is done by both. But is it in a like way? Now in the father and son there is not this difference. They do the same things, and in a like way. Father and son act with the same power, so that the son is equal to the father. Hilary, or thus, all things and the same, he says, to show the virtue of his nature its being the same with God's, that is, the same nature, which can do all the same things. And as the Son does all the same things in a like way, 
the likeness of the works excludes the notion of the worker existing alone. Thus we come to a true idea of the nativity. As our faith receives it, the likeness of the works bearing witness to the nativity, their sameness to the nature, Chrysostom, or thus, that the Son can do nothing of himself must be understood to mean that he can do nothing contrary to or displeasing to the Father, and therefore he does not say that he does nothing contrary, but that he can do nothing, in order to show his perfect likeness and absolute equality to the Father. Nor is this a sign of weakness in the Son, but rather of goodness. For as when we say that it is impossible for God to sin, we do not charge him with weakness, but bear witness to a certain ineffable goodness. So when the Son says, I can do nothing of myself, it only means that he can do nothing contrary to the Father. Augustine, this is not a sign of failing in him, but of his abiding in his birth from the Father. And it is as high an attribute of the Almighty that he does not change, as it is that he does not die. The Son could do what he had not seen the Father doing, if he could do what the Father does not do through him, i.e., if he could sin, a supposition inconsistent with the immutable good nature which was begotten from the Father. That he cannot do. This, then, is to be understood of him, not in the sense of deficiency, but of power. Chrysostom. And this is confirmed by what follows. For whatsoever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For if the Father does all things by himself, so does the Son also, if this likewise is to stand good. You see how high a meaning these humble words bear. He gives his thoughts a humble dress purposely. For whenever he expressed himself loftily, he was persecuted as an enemy of God. Augustine, having said that he did the same things that the Father did, and in a like way, he adds, For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. This has a reference to the words above, but what he seeth the Father do. And again, our human ideas are perplexed, as one may say, So then the Father first does something, that the Son may see what he does. Just as an artificer teaches his son his art and shows him what he makes, that he may be able to make the same after him. On the supposition, when the father does a thing, the son does not do it, in that the son is beholding what his father doeth. But we hold it as a fixed and incontrovertible truth that the father makes all things through the son, and therefore he must show them to the son before he makes them. And where does the Father show the Son what he makes, except in the Son himself by whom he makes them? For if the Father makes a thing for a pattern, and the Son attends to the workmanship as it goes on, where is the indivisibility of the Trinity? The Father, therefore, does not show the Son what he doeth by doing it, but by showing doeth it through the Son. The Son seeth, and the Father showeth before a thing is made, and from the showing of the Father and the seeing of the Son, that is made which is made, made by the Father through the Son. But thou wilt say, I show my Son what I wish him to make, and he makes it, and I make it through him. 
true but before thou doest anything thou showest it to thy son that he may do it for thy example and thou by him but thou speakest to thy son words which are not thyself whereas the son himself is the word of the father and could he speak by the word to the word or because the son was the great word were lesser words to pass between the father and the son or a certain sound in temporary creation as it were to go out of the mouth of the father and strike the ear of the son put away these bodily notions and if thou art simple see the truth in simplicity if thou canst not comprehend what god is comprehend at least what he is not thou wilt have advanced no little way if thou thinkest nothing that is untrue of god see what i am saying exemplified in thine own mind thou hast memory and thought thy memory showest to thy thought carthage before thou perceived what is in her she shows it to thought which is turned toward her the memory then hath shown the thought hath perceived and no words have passed between them no outward sign being used but whatever is in thy memory thou receivest from without that which the father showeth to the son he doth not receive from without the whole goes on within there being no creature existing without but what the father hath made by the son and the father maketh by showing in that he maketh by the son who sees the father's showing begets the son's seeing as the father begets the son showing begets seeing not seeing showing but it would be more correct and more spiritual not to view the father as distinct from his showing or the son from his seeing hilary it must not be supposed that the only begotten god needed such showing on account of ignorance for the showing here is only the doctrine of the nativity the self-existing son from the self-existing father augustine for to see the father is to see the son the father so shows all his works to the son that the son sees them from the father for the birth of the son is in his seeing he sees from the same source from which he is and is born and remains hilary nor did the heavenly discourse lack the caution to guard against our inferring from these words any difference in the nature of the son and the father for he says that the works of the father were shown to him not that strength was supplied him for the doing of them in order to teach that this showing is substantially nothing else than his birth for that simultaneously with the son himself is born the son's knowledge of the works the father will do through him augustine but now from him whom we called co-eternal with the father who saw the father and existed in that he saw we return to the things of time and he will show him greater works than these but if he will show him i e is about to show him he hath not yet shown him and when he does show him others also will see for it follows that ye may believe it is difficult to see what the eternal father can show in time to the co-eternal son who knows all that exists within the father's mind for as the father raises up the dead and quickeneth them even so the son quickeneth whom he will to raise the dead was a greater work than to heal the sick but this is explained by considering that he who a little before spoke as god now begins to speak as man 
as man and therefore living in time, he will be shown greater works in time. Bodies will rise again by the human dispensation by which the Son of God assumed manhood in time, but souls by virtue of the eternity of the divine substance, for which reason it was said before that the Father loved the Son and showed him what things soever he did. For the Father shows the Son that souls are raised up, for they are raised up by the Father and the Son, even as they cannot live except God give them life. Or the Father is about to show this to us, not to him, according to what follows, that ye may believe. This being the reason why the Father would show him greater things than these. But why did he not say, shall show you, instead of the Son, because we are members of the Son, and he, as it were, learns in his members, even as he suffers in us. For, as he says, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. So if we ask him how he, the teacher of all things, learns, he replies, when one of the least of my brethren learns, I learn. End of chapter 5, verses 14 through 20.